Hey guys, you're listening to Uncensored, a vaguely political podcast that platforms ethnic minorities and LGBT folks' thoughts on, you know, the important stuff. On this episode, or less cleverly, queer episode, I'll be speaking to the present and past Kusu women's officers, Audrey and Lola, about what queerness means to them. Just a disclaimer, I may have, and by may have, I mean definitely have, lost a really good part of the recording due to technical difficulties. My bad. Anyway, I'm going to stick with my mum on this one and say something is better than nothing, and enjoy the show. So, guys, <laughs> what is queer? What, I mean, I just want to ask you both, like, what queer is to you? Because I think one of the things that a friend told me was that, like, queer is necessarily unfixed, so to ask ask people of, like, a universal definition of queerness is against queer in a weird <laughs> way, like... So I, I just kind of wanted to use this opportunity to ask what it is for you each. <laughs> what are you looking at me? Um, <laughs> it's difficult because I, I, I totally agree with the idea of it not being fixed. I used to I used to think about queerness as otherness and like um, it being defined by being um, living in opposition to a norm. And I feel like as like a as a political way of thinking about queerness, that still stands and is still a kind of viable way to think through it but so like queerness that goes beyond sexuality yeah no so so queerness that goes beyond sex, se- sexuality but is necessarily like defined by its opposition to what is normative mm-hmm. so like it, it is other it is not like mainstream it is you know um, it's not mainstream <laughs> it's like existing on the margins it's about being i was like, queer first so <laughs> you know what i mean it's about like existing existing on the margins and not being centered basically yeah um and now like having done this my queer instagram series that everybody should uh, mm-hmm. check out um at go on uh, at, my hat is at lola michelle l-o-w-l-a michelle um is that two l's or one l one l one l <laughs> I mean the Michelle. Uh, this actually got Our listeners Oh wait, no, no, no. Two L's in the Michelle. Two L's. I thought you in the Lola. I was like, no. What? <laughs> no, yeah, two L's in the Michelle. I apologise. I thought I was like, <laughs> carry on. Sorry. <laughs> and now, um, yeah. So having done the series and seeing what other people's, you know, ideas and opinions about queerness are, I'm thinking about queerness now as a kind of personal autonomy, like personal freedom mm-hmm. and ability to actually. To embrace, as as cliche as it sounds, to embrace um, your wants and your desires, even if they be in opposition to what's normative. So mm-hmm. it's it's like queerness is yeah, queerness for me is like a sense of freedom. It's a sense of um, going beyond what is ascribed for you, especially mm-hmm. um, you know, compulsory heterosexuality makes it seem like if you're a particular kind of person, you can only have one life. You can only ascribe. And, and your wants and desires must align with, mm. you know, marriage, reproduction, all of this stuff. But queerness exists, I think, as a kind of... It, its main thing that it does is disrupts that. And that's mm. what I love so much about it, is that it's like a disruptive force ideology, mm. wh- whatever you want to call it. It, it refuses to um, to comply, basically. And, and that's, yeah, that's how I think about it, mostly, as a kind of disruption. Cool. Audrey, have at it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I definitely feel the same, but I think um, my first um, sort of interactions with my own queerness stemmed sort of from the fact that I was other in lots of different ways as well, and then queerness just kind of slotted in accidentally mm. in that. 
Um, so I never viewed years and years my queerness as anything separate from, yeah, otherness or yeah. difference. It seemed to be like a symptom of otherness as opposed to a thing in and of mm. itself. Um, which again can be a good thing, and I think relates really strongly to what Lola was saying when you view queerness as something that's just about existing in opposition to the norm mm. and being free with that. I found being queer, even though I didn't know that I was queer, I didn't know that was the language for it, um, and even though I didn't know that it could be a good thing, I found it freeing to be able to accept, cool, I don't seem to be feeling like every other person, there's nothing I can do about that, let me just do me kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think... <laughs> go with the flow. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just, just go with the flow. Um, Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like yeah. permission to just be. Exactly. It's yeah. exactly. It, 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 it does give permission, I think. Um, yeah, because to, to like envisage a different life for yourself as well, precisely mm. like you were saying, outside of compulsory heterosexuality, it's just like I remember watching. I was watching. I was watching the Rocket music video by, by Beyonce. Mm. Um, it was at that moment that I was finally just like, yeah, I'm definitely queer. And it wasn't so much that I would like fancy Beyonce. Because yeah. Doesn't. <laughs> oh, so what's the video? Is it just her being really hot? Just, yeah, she's like, she's sort of in a slightly domestic and sexual setting where yeah. she's just like, she's rolling around on the bed, talking about her orga- orgasm, and every once in a while there's like a shot of her playing the piano with her hair tied up in like a messy bun, or she's in the kitchen eating a strawberry, or she's just walking around. And for me, um, what made me realise that I was queer in watching that, or made, confirmed to me that I was queer, was that I was imagining a life... <laughs> Not too much with Beyonce, but probably with Beyonce. Was a little bit, was a little bit of that, but it was just like I imagined a life with a woman, like uh, like that domestic life, and I realized that never in my entire life had I ever discounted that completely. I mm. just never acknowledged that it was what I wanted yeah. or what I could have, and that was really freeing because you're just like, okay, so I can have what I can actually have, whatever I desire. Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be determined it's realizable, by people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah. The, Queerness is just, it's like a smashing of, of so many different boxes, and it's yeah. obviously hard, um, but I'm, I'm very sort of cautious about, like, going down the whole queerness is like a sad, horrible thing, because that's what yeah. the straights love to present it as really? all the time <laughs> in film, etc. Like, you're queer and you're sad. Um, it can have its downsides uh, in, in terms of when you're coming to queerness and in terms of dealing with, like, yeah. wider um, queerphobia. But I found that the bad rap it kind of gets is kind of, I guess, with the kind of genesis of the term i'm not quite sure where it does come from but like oh, as in, you, yeah yeah oh, yeah. yeah so I, that's the only kind of bad rap yeah. that but it think, gets I in think, and of itself as a yeah, concept as I, think that's just, I think a lot of people like divorce the word from because we have like queer theory we have we yeah. have an entire not not that these things ever need to be legitimized by academia to exist on their own but i think when people voice opposition to the use of the word queer as a slur yeah that's like completely and 100 percent valid but the way i like to think about it is in terms thinking of queerness as a framework and as a mm. methodology for living yeah. your life and not yeah. necessarily just a single word that has its own singular history yes it has a very a very dark um history but it, it's also pe- people have used this way of thinking to think about new ways of being queer and to think about yeah. new um, new ways of being for um, yeah. LGBT plus people. Um, and so, yeah, I, I completely I have a kind of ambivalence, um, not an ambivalence to people's anger about the use yeah, of sure. uh, mm-hmm. reclaimed slur, but an ambivalence to um, thinking that this is a word that we somehow can't use. Because a, a lot of the arguments, like older generations, like the age generation, for example, um, that, that word has a completely different meaning and a completely different um, trajectory. And I, I think it's really important to 
to pay attention to the ways in which movements change and take things back and then reject mm. things because another thing that i found doing this um which isn't just endemic to queer yeah yeah like yeah, endemic to all things yeah. like um another thing that i found when i was doing the series was that so many people ideas just queer mm. and and are there is a kind of conscious and unconscious rejection of a particular label so mm. so not that many people said they were a lesbian or bi or gay you know people use queer because it felt like it was a kind of safety to be not always coherent and i think that mm. that's what labels do mm. to people or or the appearance of labels do to people it says you know you must be entirely coherent all the time mm. so if you're a lesbian you must there are no ways that you can express any desires outside of that box or else you cannot call yourself that and of course that isn't true yeah. but i think queerness allows people to um ha- allows people a sense of autonomy to pick and choose um how they frame their own desires yeah. if that makes sense yeah. and to change the yeah. desires i mean it's quite a controversial opinion but like i don't know like there's scope to suggest that you know there are some people who started out their lives like only actually ever really at least in their own minds like really liking men and then one day just being like nah i'm a lesbian or then going i don't know it's ch- change <laughs> There's change in sexuality, and that maps up with queerness quite well, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, and because all of those labels don't really give those people just the scope to describe their sexual history yeah. well, or their se- their kind of mm-hmm. so queerness is best fit for that. Mm-hmm. Or I don't, I don't know. And it's strange as a label because labels, at least in my mind, always seek to define in a very precise way. Otherwise, what's the point of them? But like fucking labels, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like queerness is. A label, but it's a label that like takes us completely outside of compulsory heterosexuality and that framework into saying that you could label a thing that is completely amorphous that can't really that you yeah. can't define that will change, um, and, and that the label can stay the yeah. same. And it it places um, being bisexual in a kind of political framework, and it, it d- divorces it from the bi- from the gender binary yeah. basically, and says you can I- identify as bi and and think about your de- desires beyond you know cis men and um, mm. cis women. Um, but it also talks about how like bisexuality is inherently it, it's it it's not confusing but it complicates um binaries and it complicates boundaries mm-hmm. and that's why it's so it, it it's so stigmatized basically and it, and it basically gave me this way of thinking about bisexuality as kind of a radical force mm-hmm. as an as a um what, another it yeah. itself is disruptive exactly. and confusing it yeah. is disruptive and confusing and it is a form of non-compliance mm. on, on both sides if that makes sense um and i feel like bisexual like bisexuality gets such a bad rep um obviously everybody knows this um in terms of because people have this bizarre notion that um if you're bisexual and you're with a, a bisexual woman and you're with a cis man that you somehow escape um the violence of living as a queer person and that's not true because that violence exists everywhere it exists in your relationship um with men because yeah like women are are killed by men because a straight man is going to be a bi woman and and if we think about who is like some of the most stigmatized people in um in the community like some of the people that face the highest levels of like homelessness or or danger like bisexual like bisexual people in the community are among those people and i Mm. feel like there isn't there are never really that many efforts to really understand mm. how bisexuality can change and also not ascribe to it this thing where you must like everyone the same amount yeah, or yeah. your desires yeah, must yeah. be the same or um 
yeah. And so, yeah, for me, for me, I just have so many thoughts because it links into this whole, I remember having just a conversation with Martha and, and other people about the kind of um, common thing now, I guess, with celebrities celebrities like musicians like Demi Lovato mm-hmm. putting out songs like Cool oh, for the Summer. Buying? Is she is no, she idea? No, no, like, uh... she doesn't idea as buy, but she released a song called Cool for the Summer. And her <laughs> it's a great song. And her, <laughs> her, um, the whole thing is like her just being like to this girl, oh we're cool for the summer and like it's a lot of kissing and, uh-huh. and stuff like that. And p- that led people to ask questions about her bisexuality. Mm-hmm. But it also just led me to think about how relationships between women aren't often seen as permanent or, mm. or seen as lasting or seen as meaningful so that creates a lot of I think lesbians and people in long-term relationships with women to have a kind of resentment towards people who just like kiss their friend in their club for male attention or or mm. um, stuff like that and again I again have an ambivalence towards that because yeah. you can never determine what it is what is the reason yeah. why, why people are doing that? Yeah. You can yeah. say, yeah, girls kiss other girls in bars, straight girls, yeah, yeah. and I say that. But you can't ever look to bars. one and be yeah. like, you're doing it for this. Exactly. You, you, you never know the individual yeah. kind of thing. And nobody yeah. escapes the male gaze. Like, nobody, yeah. um, nobody is able to abstract themselves from it. Mm-hmm. And so I think, like, again, just letting people just do whatever they want mm-hmm. and, and not actually policing their behaviour yeah, by... Yeah. by attaching authenticity to, to action yeah. is a really interesting way to go about mm. queer. Um. <laughs> I mean, so nothing becomes authentic or inauthentic. Yeah, because how can you determine yeah. what... So, so And also, what's lost is a sense of freedom. In an ideal world, you, even if you did idea straight, you could kiss your friend in a bar and you wouldn't then be held responsible or like culpable for you know, pushing queerness or, or you wouldn't be held responsible for making fun of queerness because mm. we wouldn't live in a society where that action would be titillating. It mm. would, you know, it yeah. would just be an authentic, an authentic action. It would be something that yeah. you would Many college students have gone to college and gotten hooked on drugs, marijuana and alcohol. Listen, stop trying to be somebody else. Don't try to be someone else. Be yourself and know that that's good enough. Don't try to be someone else. Don't try to be like someone else. Don't try to act like someone else. Be yourself. Be secure with yourself. Rely and trust upon your own decisions, on your own beliefs. You understand the things that I've taught you. Not to drink alcohol, not to use drugs. Don't use that cocaine or marijuana because that stuff is highly addictive. When people become weed heads, they become sluggish, lazy, stupid, and unconcerned. Sluggish, lazy, stupid, and unconcerned. That's all marijuana does to you. Okay? This is mom. Unless you're taking it under doctor's um, control then it's regulated. Do not smoke marijuana. Do not consume alcohol. Do not get in the car with someone who is inebriated. This is mom. Call me. Bye.